This message was recorded live at Elevate Church in Erie, Pennsylvania. As followers of Christ, we follow a God who was crucified, dead, buried, got up, walked out of the tomb, demonstrating that there's nothing that you and I can't walk out of. He doesn't love me based on my performance. God loves me based on my position. It matters so much that we imitate Christ and we live out those principles. There's nothing that you could do. There's there's no great sin that you could have ever committed that would be a barrier between you and Jesus. To learn more about Elevate, how you can get connected, or how you can support the work that Elevate is doing in Erie, visit elevateerie.tv. How you guys doing today? All right. Hey, my name's Colby. If you're a guest here, I'm so glad that you decide to come to church this weekend. Uh, We're going to have some fun, I believe, today. Uh, But before we kind of dive into the material, uh, usually I stand up here and I give you some scripture reference that you need to turn to just to kind of prepare. But we're going to be all over the place today. So here's what I'd ask you to do is just take some good notes. Just get that connect card out. Get your notes out. Get your Bible out. Maybe just write down some of these references so that you can go back because we really are going to cover a lot of ground today. Now, before I dive in, couple things. One is this. I got my phone up here today. My wife is about to bust. Actually, she feels great, honestly, but her due date is technically tomorrow, so she's here now. She wasn't here in the earlier service, but if this, this thing goes off and I leave, you know why, all right? So just so you know, but you're probably going to see her run out of here. Her water's going to break all over, and that's going to be awesome, and we're just going to have a great time. We'll get real close today, all right? We're just going to get real close. Um, But I also have some announcements, too, to make. On Super Bowl weekend, we always host this event called Super Bowl Sunday, where you get to hear some stories from NFL players uh, about their testimony and their walk with Jesus. And we get real excited about it because it's a great opportunity to invite your unchurched friends, to invite people who are far from God to come, you know, that might be football kinds of guys or, or girls that want to hang out and do that because that's going to lead up to the Super Bowl, which, by the way, is going to be Dallas Cowboys versus Pittsburgh Steelers. And we're all going to watch the Cowboys blow out the Steelers. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Actually, I I would love for that to be like the final game. I just think that'd be awesome. So you guys, once and for all, or or I can once and for all know, you know, who's the better team. But for that weekend, just so you guys know, we usually like cancel our Sunday 5 p.m. service. We're not going to. We're just going to move it to Saturday at 5 p.m. And then our Sunday service times for Super Bowl Sunday are going to be at 9.30 and 11.15. Now, moving on after that, we are going to continue to keep those times, 9.30, 11.15, and 5 p.m. And here's why, because you guys are going to have to make some adjustments. You're going to be impacted by this. Really, we have hundreds and hundreds of volunteers that every single week pour into this thing. And doing four services back to back to back to back has just been... It's kind of been taxing, to be honest. And the thing is, you would never know it because they love you, they love the church, they they serve tirelessly, you know, and do that. But it has just become apparent for us that, hey, you know what, we're here to run this race as long as God calls us to. And so we're gonna need to make some some changes around here and we're gonna ask you guys to adjust your service time, either come early at 9.30, come later, or come to 
a 5 p.m. service. We are growing, the church continues to grow, but I feel like we can still grow with just doing three services as well. We normally cancel that 12.30 in the summer time and people find an opportunity, they find a service to go to. So it's something that you're gonna have to plan ahead, you're gonna have to figure out for your own schedule, but it's just gonna be for this season of the church what we have decided to do. And I know that impacts you guys a lot. Um, all right, so with that being said, moving into what we're gonna talk about today. I love this season because we've entered into our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And if you guys have been joining with us, you know that uh, it's just a great time to focus on what God wants to do in our life for us to be able to hear his voice more clearly. And so every Tuesday and Thursday morning, we've gathered here and we've had like dozens of people come out to pray. We've had students getting up at 6 a.m. you know, to pray and it's just awesome to see. I love it, I love what's going on. And the reason why we're doing it is because when you look around to and maybe you don't realize this, but this church really was birthed on prayer. That's a big part, that's a foundation of, of this church. We were praying in the parking lot you know, of, of this theater in our school, and we have families been praying you know, for God to move in and through our city. We've been praying big and bold prayers. And I believe a lot of people can start churches, I really do. I believe a lot of people can start churches and people w- would show up, but we've been so keenly aware that we could never do this on our own, that God has, has built this, that it wasn't by our human efforts, right? It was by God and his achievement alone. And so in this period of 21 days of prayer and fasting, it gives us an opportunity, again, to kind of refocus and to, to lay down some things that we love to maybe focus on something we love and even more. And that is, for us as a church, is hearing God's voice and direction, getting direction from God in the season that we're moving into because we understand that God's not done. That God wants to do something in and through this church and we can do nothing apart from him. So prayer has been a part of the story. You just need to know that, that maybe you don't see or you know about. And I love this verse, Luke chapter 18 uh, in the NLT says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Like, I really want us to be a church that's marked by always praying and never giving up. Jesus said, my house is going to be a house of prayer. It's gonna be a house of prayer. We're called to do that. And we are a part of something that only God can do. We say it all the time. It's not by our might, it's not by our power, but by his spirit alone. And you should know that. You really should. Even if you're just checking this whole church thing out, you're just kind of kicking the tires, you know, of the Christian faith and what it's all about, you should know that before you came today, that we had teams and team rally, people praying over the seats in this auditorium, praying for you. They prayed that you would experience a moment in God's presence. They, they prayed that, that the word of God today would go beyond just your ears and penetrate deep into your, your heart, that it, that it would move you because we understand like what the, the transforming power of God's word could do in your life. And there's a lot that's happened in this church in the last five years. We're almost five years old. On February 12th, we'll be exactly five years old. That's awesome. We're going to celebrate, by the way. But we understand that it's all been built around prayer, all of it from start to finish. Now, if that's true of this church, and the reason why we're talking about this series and the reason why we're taking these 21 days to really focus on prayer and challenging you guys to do that is because how much more true should it be of your own life? 
Should it be of your own family, of your, your own home, that you should be, your, your foundation should be built on this principle of prayer. And we kicked off this series with a rally cry. Some of you might remember, it goes, pray first, pray big, pray always. Say that out loud. Pray first, pray big, pray always. And last week, we talked about praying big prayers, like bold prayers, really asking God to do the miraculous. Like, why not? Like, if you need God to show up and show off in your life, like, why not just boldly go before him and ask him to do it? So we prayed some big prayers. And then next week, God willing, if, if I'm still here, you know, we'll make some arrangements. If, if I'm not, if we have that baby or whatever happens, who knows? We're gonna talk about praying always. Like, what does that look like? What do you mean, Colby, when, when you say pray always or when people say, you know, pray continually? How do we do that? Well, look at 1 Thessalonians 5. It says this, rejoice always, pray continually, which by the way, if you're into like scripture memorization, that's a good one to start with right there. Two words, pray continually. I think you can handle that. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Like give, give thanks all the time, um, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So how do I do that? Like what do you mean pray continually? Does that mean, Colby, I gotta stop everything, then I got to you know, get on my knees. Every time I think of like praying all the time, I think of that painting where there's this old guy that's on his knees, he's on like a hardwood floor, there's like a candle in the background, and he's just going for it. No, that's not what it means. It just means as you go throughout your life, as you go to your jobs, as you go to your work, as you go to meetings or, or the gym or wherever it is that you go, that you bring prayer into everything that you do. You pray continually in all circumstances for this is God's will for your life. A lot of people run around asking, what's God's will for my life? What's God's will for my life? I don't know specifically for you, but I do know that this is a part of it, that you would pray that you would pray, God wants us to pray. We said last week, prayer should never be our last ditch effort, right? It should be our leading action. That it should never be our, our last resort, our final resort, but we should pray first. It should be our first spiritual action before we ever take physical action. And the reason I say that is because most of us, if we're honest, we act first, and then we ask God to bail us out, right? We kind of make our own minds up, we do something, then we're like, uh-oh, we messed up there. And so we ask God to help us out, to bail us out. Don't act first, pray first. Yes, act, we're gonna talk about that. You need to act, there should be action taken, but prayer should be your first response, never your last resort. So how do we do that? How do we make prayer our first action? This is gonna be practical today, right? This is gonna be more teachy, then preachy, um, I'm probably not gonna like yell and spit and cuss at you guys today. You know, it's gonna be kind of calm and low key, but I do encourage you to take some notes because this is gonna help you, especially during this season of prayer and fasting on what it looks like to make prayer our first action. The first thing I'll have you write down is the word time. Like you need to find a time. You need to find a consistent time where you give it to God, make an appointment and then keep it. Like don't give God the leftovers of your day. A lot of times that's what we do. We get to the end of the day, all right God, I'm gonna pray and that's what I do. No, no, no. Like you make an appointment with God. Some of you need to put a reminder in your phone. Put a reminder on your, your calendar 
to pray. For, for me, um, and I think for the most part, the best time for me has been in the morning. Like first thing when I wake up, you know, I'll just, I'll just pray and ask God, God, you know, I dedicate this day to you. Do with me what you, what you want to. God, lead me into wherever direction you want to go. Spirit, kind of lead me. And I'll just make it quick. Just give God time. Before you, before you dive into your phone, before you get on, you know, your email, before you answer your voicemail, like, seek him first. Do not disturb on your phone. Just put it in there. I want to encourage you to make a consistent appointment with God, a time that belongs to him. Let me show you this in Daniel chapter 6. It says this, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, what decree was that? That was the decree saying that you couldn't bow and pray to any other gods. So he said, when this went out, you couldn't pray to God, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open toward Jerusalem and three times a day, three times a day. So he set aside three specific times a day. He got down on his knees and he prayed. He prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. In other words, this was a routine of his. This is something that he did several times throughout the day. And I don't imagine this was like a big deal where it was like, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, you know, an hour at a time. This was probably, you know, a 10, 15 minute, just recognizing God's sovereignty in his life. He says, I'm gonna give time to God, and I want to encourage you to do that. Set aside some time. Make an appointment every day. Schedule it. Write it down. Dave Ramsey says, on paper, on purpose, right? So make sure you schedule it and put it down. The second thing is this. Find a place. Write that down. Place. So you got your time. You got your, your place. Have a designated place that you go. It's not that you can't pray from anywhere, right? We know that God hears us from anywhere, but the people that I know that have a thriving like prayer uh, relationship with God, like they have a place. They have a, a specific location. Some people have a prayer closet, a place where they go and consistently meet with God. And we learn this, by the way, from Jesus. Jesus had a place that, that he would often take off and go to a place away from the, the crowd. In fact, he had just finished feeding 5,000 plus, you know, you know that, that miracle. And he said, you know, I'm getting out of here. So he withdrew and went up on top of a mountain. In fact, this is the mountain that he went on to. It's called Mount Arbel. And it's overlooking the Sea of Galilee. And so on the right side, if you go down the slope on the right side, it goes down. That's kind of where they would say this is where the feeding of the 5,000 happened. And then he took off. The crowds were, were there, and he went off to a place to pray and find solitude and seek God. And in fact, I took that picture when I was in Israel. Isn't that awesome? Like, I took that picture. I was standing right there, and I'm telling you, it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life to be there. And I'm going to lead a trip there in November, shameless plug for the trip to Israel in November right now. If you want to go, I would say go. Like, now's a great time. You get to experience all of the places, you know, where Jesus walked and where he did ministry, the Sea of Galilee, uh, you know, where he said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church in Caesarea Philippi. We're going to go to the Jordan River. I just encourage you, if you've ever thought about going, you need to go. Because what it does, it takes the Bible from black and white to color. So everything that you read kind of just comes alive. You just say, oh, man, I was there. I know what that looks like. I know what that smells like. I know what that, that feels like. It's going to do something for your Christian life, I promise you, I promise you, you should go. Let me show you another place though in Mark chapter one. It says very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, 
left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He had a place, he had a place. I'm just encouraging you, find your place. For me, most of the time it's at the gym in the morning, just like to pray, get away, do that on my own, but, and this might weird some of you out, a lot of times it's in the shower. I don't know. I just feel like maybe I'm awake, you know? Maybe it's raining down, it's the presence of God raining down, I don't know, but that's where I feel like I connect with God. Just find a place, you probably didn't need to know that. Time, place, the last one is this. (laughs) Plan, time, place, and a plan. This is going to help you more than a lot of things will right here. Go into your prayer time with a plan. If I have a meeting that I'm leading, like I go into it with an agenda. I go into it with a to-do list, right? I go into it with a plan of what I want to see accomplished. Well, the same should happen with prayer as well. In fact, the disciples were all like, Jesus, we wanna learn to pray the way you pray. They heard him praying to God the Father, and so Jesus takes them aside and he responds with this plan. He gives them this, this outline called the Lord's Prayer. Look at it in Luke chapter 11. He said to them, when you pray, say, and real quick, time out. Jesus wasn't so much saying, this is exactly what you need to say. He was just giving them a guideline, right? He was giving them some direction on what to say. He said, don't just pray this, right? But, but here's an outline for it. He says, Father, hallowed be your name. When you pray, say, Father, art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We talked a little bit about that last week. Hallowed just means you know, you're revered, you're set apart, you're sovereign, Lord. So start by saying, God, I'm worshiping you. God, I'm gonna put you in your, your rightful place. We're gonna recognize who you are. Father, you know, how be your name, your kingdom come. Then it says, align, align to God's will, like what God wants to do on this earth. God, your kingdom come. Then focus on yourself. You know, give us this day our daily bread. In other words, God, give me what I need. Provide for me today, you know, what I need. And then make sure your heart's right toward God. Forgive me of my sins. God, just give me a fresh start today. I need that. Forgive me once again. Then make sure your heart's right toward other people for we also forgive everyone that sins against us. And then make sure you fight against, you know, your your own selfish uh, fleshly proclivities and says, you know, lead me not in temptation and then fight against the, your enemy or, or the evil one. He's giving us this, this outline of how we are to pray. And I would say, just go into your prayer time with a plan. Just have a plan, make a plan. For me, I start by worshiping God, recognizing who he is, recognition, and then I pray for my family. I start by praying for my wife. Like, because if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> Amen. And then I pray for my, my kids. You know, and I ask God to, you know, make them leaders, to give them courage and confidence. And then I pray for our staff and their families in this church, asking God to move in their hearts, give them, you know, sensitivity to the spirit, for God to continue to lead them and direct them as they lead others. And I pray for the leaders. And I pray for you. And then I pray for, you know, anything else that God brings to my mind. I just want to encourage you, have, have a plan. Have a plan. And when you do, here's what you discover. You have all these things you wanna pray through and the time just flies. And it's like, God, I don't know where the time went. I gotta go, but we'll pick this up again later. And you continue on. Just just have a plan. I think it would be awesome if we really grabbed a hold of this idea to become praying people. We set aside a time, a place. We made a plan. I promise you it's gonna make a difference in your 
life. So here's that rally cry again. It says, pray first, pray big, pray always. And for the rest of our time, I wanna look at what it means to pray first. Like before you act, action is good. Action is important. But before you do that, what does it look like to pray first? Because a lot of people will use prayer as an excuse for inactivity. Did you know that? They'll say things like, well, I prayed to God to give me this job, you know, but you never you know, got your resume together. You never went out and beat the streets. You never did everything you could to support your family, right? You gotta take some action. You gotta pray first, but follow that up you know, with, with action. Follow that up with faith. Or people say, well, I prayed for God to send me a godly woman. Well, did you ask any of the godly women out? <laughs> like they're all over the place. They're probably all around here too. It's a good place to find one, just saying, right? Did you, did you brush your teeth? Did you take a shower? Did you set down Call of Duty long enough to pick up the phone, right? Sorry. I'm just saying, pray, pray, you know, and take action, but don't ever use, you know, prayer as your excuse to neglect taking action. But before you act, pray first, pray first. Know what that means? Here's what it means. This will be real practical. When you get ready, like you're at the office and you're, you have a meeting that's happening and you're, you know, whoever tells you, hey, hey, so-and-so's here to meet you. Go, all right, give me 30 seconds. And in those 30 seconds, you say, God, just help me today. Help me in this meeting. Give me wisdom. Give me guidance, God. You know, give me, give me fresh ideas. Give me, give me something new today, God. I need your spirit. I need you to move in my life. Or, or before that client comes in, dear Jesus, you know, help me close this deal today and make loads of money in Jesus' name. Amen. Whatever it is. Like you just pray first. Like before you send your kids off to school, you just grab them, right? You say, hey, 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 wait before you go, before you get on the bus, because you're already late, probably, and you're shoving them out the door, and that's all they ever hear. Go, 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 run, run, But before you do that, grab them and say, hey, hey, let's pray real fast. God, make you guys leaders today. Give you courage and your heart, strengthen you for the task ahead. You know, make good decisions today in Jesus' name, amen, and get them out the door. Like, pray first. In every situation, pray first. What would that look like for you? And in your own life, if you decided to pray first, every appointment, every phone call, before that next word comes out of your mouth when you're in the middle of a heated argument, like you pray first. Let me show it to you in 2 Chronicles chapter seven. God says this to his people. He says, I got some bad news for you. Like there's, there's bad days ahead. Verse 13 says, I'm gonna shut up the heavens so that there's gonna be no rain. Let me modernize this. The doctor calls and you get an unexpected doctor's report. Or you get laid off from your work, right? And you got the rent due in a few days. Or something happens at home, there's a family situation, and you don't know how to handle it or what to do. You're facing a dilemma. He says, we're all gonna have these days. We're gonna have bad days. They're coming. Or he says, I'm gonna command locusts to devour the land or send plagues among my people. So here's what I want you to do before you do anything else. Here's what I want you to do first. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and what, say it out loud, and pray, pray. Why would God have to tell his children to do that, do you think? Because it wasn't their default response. And it's generally not our default response either. Like, you know, there's a drought happening, uh-oh, 
Let's go get some water. Let's go get a bucket. Let's fill up whatever we can, and we're, we're taking action, and that's good. Action is good, right? It wasn't their default response. He says, but if my people, when that happens, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then let me tell you what's going to happen. I will hear them from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. I just want us to be a church that prays first, that makes prayer our first initiative, never our final you know, attempt, never just this afterthought that happens, but pray first before every appointment, before every phone call, you know, before you walk into that meeting, into that room, before you go to the counselor, like you pray first. Now, what should we pray for? I'm gonna give you four things and I'm done. Four things that I think if you and I would commit to praying over these like first, then we would accomplish a lot more and this world would be a better place. The first one is this, pray for your nation. We had an opportunity this last Thursday to gather with hundreds of cities across the US uh, and we got to pray together. We came together, we had you know, different pastors from our city just come into this room and we got to pray over them and, and one of the things on our agenda to pray for was our nation asking God to send revival into our nation. I don't know if you realize this, but our nation is in a steep downward decline. I mean, morally, we really are. We really are. And um, if your hope was in the election, making it all better, I feel sorry for you. Like, if your hope was in the, who the next presidential candidate is, right, or in our government, then oh my, oh my dang, right? We're in, like, trouble, but our hope should never be in that. Our hope really is in God and his sovereignty, but we should be praying for them. Like we should pray for our nation. I'll show it to you in scripture. First Timothy chapter two says this. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for all of our kings and for those who are in authority. Why would we do that? So that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in godliness and holiness. When was the last time you really prayed for an elected official, honestly? When was the last time you prayed for your president? When was the last time you prayed for a Supreme Court justice? And you might say, well, Colby, what do I even pray for? What do I pray for them? You know, God bless them with a, with a massive hernia. You know, I don't know, what do you pray for those people, right? Or God, I pray that, you know, he would get a lip fungus they ain't identified yet. That's, a, that's an old school reference. Some of you might get that later. Christmas vacation, Chevy Chase. No. You pray for God to bless this nation, for God to pour out his spirit, you know, on us, for revival to come. You pray Proverbs eleven eleven through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. I love that. Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. God, bless Bless our city, bless Erie, right? God, bless our, bless our city council members, bless our, our school board. God knows we need prayer. We need prayer. God, bless uh, our universities. Send revival to Gannon. Send revival to, you know, Mercyhurst and Edinburgh and Penn State Baird. God, like, stir something up in this city. Just pray for our nation. Pray for our, our government. Then pray for your family. That's number two. Pray for your family. Pray first. For your family. Now, and your kids, if it makes you guys feel any better, I don't know that it will or not. The Atkins family does not have a regularly scheduled devotional time together. 
Here's what I think. Sometimes you think my boys are running around the house with their Bibles open. <laughs> We're going to the kitchen and say, Papa, Papa, let me show you <laughs> what God is teaching me in the scriptures. That's not happening, is it, Kristen? That's not happening. Like, that doesn't happen, you know, in our health. We, we just kind of keep it a little more fluid than that. We really do. We capitalize on opportunities. As our kids come home and talk about school, you know, what, what do you think God might say about that? You know, or if they're scared, we take an opportunity to, to pray for them. Or when they're sick, obviously, ask God to, to heal them. Like, we, we just, we keep it a little more fluid. Or the first day of school, right, we always pray a blessing over them. God, you know, make them leaders, not followers. You know, make them the head, not the tail. That God would bless them mightily and give them confidence in their heart. I pray confidence for my children all the time. I'm just saying, bring prayer into your, your home. For years and years, Chris and I would kneel down at our boys' beds, and one of the phrases we would always pray over our kids are, God, make them the greatest men of their generation. We pray that over and over and over. And you know how meaningful it is to them? Because sometimes we would forget, we wouldn't say that, and we'd start to leave, and Parker would go, hey, 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 hey. you forgot to make me the greatest man of our generation. <laughs> or something to that effect. He's like, you, you, didn't, you didn't pray, you know, make me the greatest man of our generation. So we'd stop, it's meaningful to them. You don't realize it but it means so much to them. I'm just saying, let's pray. Let's, let's pray for our families. Let's fight for our families. Couples, listen, Chris and I, we don't, we don't have long times of prayer together. We don't. But we'll come to agreement on something, you know, and, and we'll pray for it. Or she just knows, you know, during the, during the day, I'm just, I'm praying for her constantly. And she's praying for me. She knows my schedule. She knows what, what, what I have coming on that day, every single day. We're just praying for one another. We keep it more fluid than that. Let's pray first for our family. Nehemiah 4.14 says this, remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, fight for your sons, fight for your daughters and your wives. Hide your kids, hide your wives, hide your husbands. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding about that fight for them, intercede for them. Man, it's, it's one of the greatest privileges and honor as a parent that you can go before God, especially men, that you can be a spiritual leader, that you can go before God and pray for your, your family. Sometimes, honestly, um, when I'm doing marriage counseling, and I don't do a lot of it really anymore, I shouldn't do it if I'm just being honest with you guys because I don't really have a lot of patience People will come and talk to me, and they'll see me, and they'll, they'll say, you know, this is going on, this is going on. And if I'm just being straight up honest with you, I'm like, well, you're being a jerk, and you're being selfish. You know, you got to knock it out and just whatever. So I don't do a whole lot of that anymore. But a lot of times when couples would, would come to meet me, one of the first things I would have them do is to say, all right, all right, before we even dive in. And they're mad at each other, right? Because one person's sitting here on the couch, and the other person's like sitting way over here on the couch. And I say, before we even get started, why don't you pray for her and why don't you pray for him? And they just give me this look, like, excuse me? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you pray for her and then, and then you pray for him. You know, and after some silence and some weird looks, you know, maybe he'll finally pipe himself up and say, God, you know, you, your word says it's better to heap burning coals on my head than to live with a quarrelsome wife. And it does say that. It does say that, by the way. 
So God, send me some burning coals, you know, or whatever you're gonna pray for. <laughs> but here's what happens. Even through the silence and through the awkwardness, in the moment, you know what happens eventually? Somebody clears their throat and goes, <clears throat> God, help me to be patient. And then maybe she clears her throat. <clears throat> God, help me to love and to submit the way you've called me to. Do you understand when you pray, like it changes your heart. They'll pray for one another. They'll say something like that. And then I'm like, all right, we're done. I'm like, what do you mean we're done? I'm like, if you guys would just go do what you just prayed to God about doing, about being patient and submitting and, and respecting and loving, then, then you would be fine. Peace out. Hope to see you never, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. When you pray, it changes your heart. It really does. And even through that, that awkwardness, your heart gets right. And I love it. I love it. So pray for your family. Pray for your family, church. And then pray for the lost. Pray first, pray first for the lost. Why, why would I do that? Why would I pray for the lost? Well, if you want to know what God is interested in right now, he's interested in the lost people that are far from him. And I just think that if you're gonna engage in a conversation with someone, which really, that's what prayer is, right? We're, we're, we have a conversation with God. Our, we have a relationship with God. This has never been about religion or going through the motions. It's we have this, this conversation with him through prayer because we have a relationship. I just think if we're gonna engage in conversation with God, that it would just be rude to talk about the things that we are interested in and not what he's interested in. So just take a moment Every time you pray, say, God, you know, what are you interested in? He says, I'm interested in the lost. I'm interested in lost. I'm interested in the people who are far from me. Like, pray what's on God's prayer list. This is what it says. Scripture is very clear. Matthew 9, verse 36. That this is what's on his mind. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So God looks down on this earth, right? He sees all these people running around that are confused, that are helpless. He sees sheep without a shepherd, and it moves him. It moves him, verse 37. He said to his disciples, hey guys, look, the harvest is great. Hey, Elevate Church, look, the harvest is great. Seven billion people on this planet. The harvest is great, but here's the problem. We don't have enough people doing something about it. We don't have enough workers engaged in the harvest. So, verse 38, pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. One of the things I pray for more often than a lot of stuff is that, that God would send workers. One of the things we pray for and our teams gathered this morning to pray for were people far from God would, would experience a, a, a life in Christ, that they would reach their full potential in Christ. God, send us more workers to join in, to engage in the harvest. I'm telling you, if you haven't done that, you need to. You need to respond to the heart of Jesus when it comes to people far from God. I'm just saying include that in your prayers every single Day, Like think of the names of people in your life that are wandering around confused, helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. In fact, a lot of them are represented on that board outside these doors that you guys put pens on that board. 
And you put pens on that board signifying that those were people that you were gonna pray and ask God to give you an opportunity to invite and bring to church because they're wandering around far from God. Have you done it yet? Here's your friendly reminder. Like pray for the lost. Pray for people who are far from God because as a church, like we're kicking it into a new gear in this new season and we're gonna continue to run as far and fast as we can. So we figure we're gonna set aside these 21 days, right? And get really focused on the vision for the future and what God wants to do in and through this church. And we know that he's called us to do anything short of sin to engage people who are far from him in our city. So pray for loss. And the last one is this, pray for you. Pray for your needs, because God cares. Psalm 50, 15 says this, call on me when you're in trouble. Some of you in this room today, you're in trouble. You're in trouble, you're trying to figure it out on your own, you're trying to take action, but you haven't prayed first. Just call on me when you're in trouble. The next time you're faced with a situation, you don't know what to do. I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna guide you. Fine, you're gonna, you're gonna go and have faith to follow through, but you need to pray first. Call on me first, and here's the promise, and someone here needs to hear this today. If you do this, he says, I'll rescue you. I'll rescue you. Call on me when you're in trouble, and I will rescue you. Did you know that God desires to rescue you? that God desires to help you in your time of need. Throughout scripture, over and over and over, you see people crying out to God, God help us, God help us, God help us. And God loves to come through in your life, he really does. But you gotta pray first. Call on God first. And he will rescue you, he'll help you in your time of need. Philippians 4, 6 says this, don't be anxious about what you're facing. Some of you, you're anxious, you're worried. You've been trying to work this whole thing out on your own, whatever it is that you're up against. Well, maybe I could have done this or I should do that or you know, what, what could I do? Don't be anxious about it, but in everything, take it to God in prayer. Through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. You know what that means? That means you're already claiming it as good. You're already claiming it as done. That God's gonna take care of it already with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And here's the promise, and I pray this over you today and the peace of God which transcends all understanding is gonna guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You're gonna be different. Your perspective will be different. Your life will be different if you pray first. Prayer should never be your last resort, your last ditch effort. It needs to be your leading action. You need to pray first. Never your final attempt, but your first response. So let's do that right now. Would you bow your head? And before we pray together in this moment, here's, here's how huge prayer is. Prayer is the way that we communicate with the God of heaven and earth. Prayer is the way we come before him. Prayer is the way we confess our sins to him. Prayer is the way we talk to God. And why is that a big deal? because it's how we close the gap between our earthly sinful nature and a perfect, loving, living God. Because all of us in this room, we were born with this sinful nature. We were born far from God.
Some of us in this room, we still are far from God. And you know it because you've been trying to do this life on your own. And at every turn, you just keep running up against a wall or the same old thing is happening over and over and over again. But prayer is the way we close that gap and we allow God to come into our lives and in our hearts through his spirit and guide us, give us a, a new life, give us a fresh start. Some of you need to pray first, the most important prayer of your life. And that's the prayer of surrender. Saying, Jesus, I want you to take my life. I'm gonna put you first. So if that's you today and God's brought you to this place, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer in just a moment that someone prayed with me a long, long time ago and prayer against the way we surrender our lives to him. If you've never done that, you say, Colby, when you pray that prayer, count me in on that. Like, I'm gonna pray that with you today. I'm gonna pray that with you. I'm gonna whisper it in my heart. I'm gonna pray it out loud. If you'd say, Colby, when, when you pray, I'm praying with you today. Would you raise your hand? I wanna take an opportunity to pray with you. That's awesome. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. That's awesome. Awesome. So many people want to surrender their lives to God to pray first. You can put your hand down. Pray this with me. Pray it in your heart. You can whisper it to God. Jesus, today, I surrender it all to you. I want to say thank you for taking me just as I am, sin and all, and forgiving me of my past, my present, and my future as I come before you and confess you as Lord and Savior. Jesus, you are Lord. Just pray that again to him. Jesus, you are Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. So right here and right now, I'm being raised to a new life in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me just tell you, for those of you that made that commitment today, you made the best decision of your life. We are always encouraged to know that God is using Elevate to bless people's lives. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, share your story online at elevateerie.tv.